Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here, Keep Canada Weird is the venue in which my pal Handsome Aaron Airport and I seek out and explore the more offbeat Canadian news stories that caught our eye over the past week. In tonight's episode, which we recorded on the evening of May 28, 2023, Aaron and I gawk at an ugly mermaid in Ontario, we label the man who gave birth to a deer a hero, we discuss the latest stone thrown in the animal uprising, this time by beavers, and we enjoy a slow news day in London. So let's get into it. Handsome Aaron Airport. And how are you tonight, buddy? Oh, I'm wonderful, Jordan. How are you? You know what? I feel great. And I feel quite accomplished. The Keep Canada Weird movement is rolling along pretty hardcore. Yeah, it's catching on. Um, the Prime Minister is is excited about it. Very mm-hmm. happy with the results so far. Mm-hmm. The shadow government that stands behind them is also happy with what we're doing. And what we're talking about, for people who uh, haven't seen my social media posts, the Keep Canada Weird podcast is uh, featured by Apple Podcasts. So when people open the Apple Podcasts app, we're right there smiling back at them. And as yeah. a result, maybe of that, uh, we're quickly climbing the charts uh here in Canada, at the time of this recording, ranked 82 in Canada on the standalone Keep Canada Weird feed. That's 82 out of about 40 million. So I'm happy with that. Yeah, yeah. 40 million is probably a conservative number. I'd say Mm -hmm. it's probably more 50, 60, 70 million kajillion. Mm -hmm. But you want to know what? I always want what? We may have some stuff to be happy for, but there are a lot of listeners that are expressing outrage, which is with what is going on on the Apple Podcasts charts. Uh, They brought (laughs) the outrage to me, and I think I'm quite upset as well. We may be 82 in the podcast rankings, but Apple Podcasts and whoever they answer to have us classified as comedy, which Mm -hmm. is probably a way to discredit us because obviously what we're doing here would best be described as investigative journalism. But they've thrown a comedy tag on it, and they describe our conversations as banter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was surprised at that, too. Comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. And I, I had a listener reach out uh, speculating that, yes, this is probably a way to discredit us and maybe mm-hmm. to give some power to our critics. So, Are they uh, suggesting Tim Hortons is behind it? Or animals. Uh, I think they're also suggesting maybe a letter writing campaign take place to try to get, I don't know, someone's fired from their job or canceled or something like that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I don't know what I think of it. I'm outraged, but I'm going to well, just let it be. I mean, if, if the person who decided that it was a comedy was laughing throughout the show, then I guess that's okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't want to dwell on it. I'm going to just celebrate um, yeah. people finding the show. And for anyone who's unaware, 
they know Keep Canada Weird as a nighttime podcast series, but we also have it uh, listed on all the podcasting services as its own standalone show, which very shortly, probably in the upcoming weeks, we're going to be creating separate bonus kind of content that will only be on the Keep Canada Weird feed, such as our, I'll call it our famous, although no one's heard it yet, our famous This Day in Canadian History episodes will be coming to this specifically and exclusively to the nighttime podcast premium feed and the keep canada weird standalone feed that's right the uh the benefits and rewards of subscribing to the keep canada weird standalone feed Mm -hmm. so get your fingers dancing on those keys and and uh, get subscribed press some stuff yeah well that's all that's all the like plugging and celebrating we need to do i got an important question for you what's new what have you been doing the last few days are you okay? Oh, well, I mean, today was a hot day. It was the first like day that, you know, it, it was like 28 degrees or whatever. Um, so it felt like summer. I, I put my shorts on for the first time today. Uh, the first time this year, I guess I should clarify. <laughs> today, you've, you've taken them on and off a few times since, but this morning. Was yeah, the yeah. This, today was the first time in 2023 that I wore shorts. Okay. So. Okay, I walked around in jeans. I didn't realize how hot it was until I looked, left my house. It's 27 degrees here in Halifax. Uh, summer is here. Uh, so is the wildfire. Right now, uh, our province, well, specifically the area outside of Halifax, is suffering a horrible wildfire. At any minute, my phone may start beeping wildly with another emergency alert as it creeps closer to Halifax. But mm-hmm. I'm going to ignore it and instead exist here in this strange Keep Canada weird world that I choose mm. to uh, bury my head in. Nothing uh, will stop you from finishing tonight. The only thing that will interrupt me is listener feedback. I want to play you a message we got from somebody who got to see us for the first time. Listen oh, to this. okay. Hi, this is uh, Jake from Germany. And um, I always wanted to call in and leave you guys a message. I'm not sure how many listeners you have in Germany, but uh, because of your podcast, I'm very fascinated with Canada. I definitely want to visit one day. It's very diverse. But uh, I'm leaving this message to let y'all know a funny or maybe interesting fact. Um, I've been listening to you for a little more than a year now. And I've actually never, ever uh, like Googled your faces or anything or checked any socials because I just like to listen to voices. and. I had an image of you guys in my head, of course. And last night, I just Googled y'all. And you look vastly different than what I expected, but not in a bad way. I expected the handsome Aaron Airport to have a, well, fairly big beard and actually long hair. Um, and Jordan, I was convinced you'd be wearing a big pair of glasses um the only one who looked exactly how i imagined them was handsome aaron airport's cat absolutely gorgeous but you're all beautiful people you're all handsome and uh yeah it's nice to for the first time meet you face to face or well you don't know what i look like but just picture a sauerkraut eating german um yeah i love the podcast and have a good day okay you can never really match a voice blindly to a face properly no it's impossible um and it's even weirder when you meet them in person i've gone to a few kind of podcast events and met people who i've listened to as 
podcasters for years, like the guys from Generation Y and the guys from Missing Maura Murray. When I met them, it was just so bizarre to hear their voices and see it coming mm -hmm. from a face rather than my headphones. Um, Jake in Germany says, I don't know how many listeners you have in Germany. I took a look at our analytics and uh, like where our downloads come from. I think we had 40 downloads from Germany last month. And I okay. probably released 20 episodes last month. So I'm guessing there's two listeners. Unless they're subscribed on two different devices, it may just be them. Two sauerkraut-eating Germans listening to our show. <laughs> um, and that's not the only piece of voicemail. We got a lot, so I'm going to kind of bounce through them before uh, throughout the episode. But I want to play one more. Uh, this is in response to something we talked about last week. We talked about video a video rental store in Saskatchewan. A listener from Cape Breton, where you're from and I hail from, just wanted to let me let us know that there are video rental stores in Cape Breton as well. What? Hey Jordan and Handsome Air and Airport. I'm just calling to let you know that we have our very own video rental store here in Cape Breton. Um, it's actually located in St. Peter's, where I'm from. It's called CNM Video. So next time you're passing through St. Peter's, you got to stop in and check it out. CNM Video. I've never heard of it. Shout out to CNM Video in St. Peter's, Cape Breton, Nova Scotia, Canada. Interesting, because I'm in St. Peter's all of the time. And I'm trying to think where it's at in St. Peter's. The only thing I know about St. Peter's is there's that little hotel place. There's a Tim Hortons that I stop at sometimes driving to Cape Breton. And then there's this really funny store. It's a convenience store and it's called the General B&E store. And yes, I often yeah. think like B&E means break and enter. But I often think it's like a way of saying like, don't come in here with like this fancy like mask on doing crazy stuff. This is just for general B&Es. Just, mm -hmm. you know, pretend you got something in your pocket and ask for the money. Yeah, you're not stealing millions of dollars here. You're no. just, you know, there's no lowering down on ropes through all these different lasers <laughs> and everything and stealing a diamond. Um, it's just, yeah. The general. chips, just general. Yeah. Quick B&E. Yeah, uh, a couple of carton of smokes. <laughs> Let's get to the story. We Stories. We got a full card. We have a mission and a mandate to keep Canada weird. And tonight we're going to do it by talking about an ugly mermaid. We're going to hear about a man that births a deer. We're going to hear about a beaver attack, which is quite horrifying. And then we'll celebrate a very slow news day in London, Ontario. Mm. Let's start with the ugly mermaid. You believe in mermaids? Do I believe in mermaids? Well, I saw the documentary called Splash hosted by Tom Hanks. Have you ever seen that documentary? No. Is it about mermaids? It's a it's a movie. It's not a okay. documentary. Okay. <laughs> I haven't seen it in the 80s. <laughs> way over It's my about head. a mermaid. Yeah, it stars Tom Hanks. No. I was hoping you, maybe 15% of the listeners will maybe get the splash reference. Okay. Um, it's a deep cut from the Tom Hanks IMDB, I tell you. Okay. But you don't believe in mermaids. I refuse to answer, to be honest, okay. because the animal kind of um, uprising. Here we you go. Know, if mermaids are real, they and then that means they're part of the animal uprising, but are also half human. So what side of the fence do they fall oh. on? I don't want to make them mad so and discredit their existence. So That's I'm going to kind of stay uh, out of the, the, the crossfires on that okay. one. Okay. Well... I don't necessarily believe mermaids exist, but if they do, I think I can point to the ugliest, 
weirdest looking, I'll just call it cursed mermaid that exists. Uh, Oh, yeah. This mermaid is in uh, Northern Ontario. Four years ago, the Sturgeon Falls Beautification Group purchased a hideous mermaid statue. I don't know if they bought it or had it made. Regardless, they wanted to plant it somewhere and make their area look good. The city couldn't determine an appropriate place to put it, but it's finally found a permanent resting place overlooking and probably freaking out the people who pass by on the Minnehaha Bay. Let's listen to the story of the ugly mermaid. Basking in the sun near Minnehaha Bay is West Nipissing's not-so-little mermaid. Named Marina, she's seven feet long from head to fluke, weighing in at about 200 pounds. Our goal is to beautif not only beautify, but to have attractions or things or, or, or you know, pieces of art to, uh, for people to talk about and to come and see. Marina was in municipal storage for the past three years as the municipality and town's beautification group tried to find a permanent location for the sculpture. Until recently, the group found a piece of vacant private property near the bay for her to rest. Residents, uh, people paid for for this they, to see Marina out, and so for our group and myself, it's a relief. Council had a few concerns on whether or not the sculpture should be on municipal property in fears of the sharp metal injuring someone climbing on it or taking pictures with it. In the end, the municipality didn't want to take the risk. Council, however, is pleased with the location the beautification group acquired, saying it can be seen but not accessed. We're really happy that uh, that the beautification group found a, a good home for Marina. I'm very happy. It's a welcoming uh she welcomes everybody to come into the bay. Now with a permanent home, she will be keeping a watchful eye on the calm, soothing waters. So we, we talk about a lot of these kind of weird roadside monuments, mm -hmm. and this stupid, ugly mermaid is certainly one of them. But what oh, Hold we, on, hold on. Stupid? This ugly. Uh, yeah, I think it's stupid. <laughs> let, let me tell you why. Well, you stupid. think it's stupid. Wait, are you saying this mermaid is, is stupid, isn't dumb? Like un unintelligent, or are you Maybe suggesting the, that just the concept of this mermaid? I think is the concept in the way it's all, the way it all came together. Here's here's my issue. For one, it looks dumb. It looks like a child drew a mermaid, and then someone tried to create that drawing out of sheet metal or something. Uh, but here's the other thing: is we know what we know about these kind of roadside sort of monuments that people gawk at is people get close to them and touch them like the you know or get inside them and get trapped or fall off them and break their legs or whatever this mermaid there was some question about where they were going to install it because they didn't want people to get hurt so where they ended up deciding on it, for people who haven't seen the news clip the the mermaid is sitting on top of like maybe a 10 or 15 foot high rock wall with a tr with a walking trail at the bottom of it i would bet any amount of money that some kid is going to climb up that wall to sit on or get a picture with that mermaid and now if like maybe they would have just cut themselves if the thing was on the ground but now if they fall you know they're going to suffer permanent injuries yeah you're only you're only looking out for the children that's all or just the people who uh, the adventure seeking lunatics of northern ontario who want to get on top of a ugly mermaid <laughs> i don't know what to say in response to that <laughs> just uh, let it... but let it let it uh marinate there yeah uh yeah this is a disgusting mermaid i have to agree with you mm -hmm. um it looks like 
Medusa's late for work and just getting out of the shower. It's kind of <laughs> the only way I can describe it. Yeah, that's um, that's the thing. The mermaid does not have its hair done. Its hair is these metal strands that look sharp as hell all over yeah, the place. Yeah, yeah. Blades is the only word to describe the <laughs> hair. It's just all these blades coming out of its head. Yeah, this thing, like they, they called it like the beautification project or something. I don't know how they labeled it, but they used the word beautification. Yeah, I disagree. And then this is what they spent their money on. Like yeah. this is who who approved this? Like who yeah. said, yeah, that's it. Let's let's. And it's not big enough to be cool. You know, like it's kind of like it's what's seven feet long. Mm-hmm. So it's not that big. It's so it's like not a- so big that you're like. Wow, that's a really dumb looking mermaid, but boy, is it big. Like, it's not even huge. It's just yeah. there. <laughs> it, yeah, the aesthetics are all wrong. It doesn't look real. It's not close to the water. It's like on a high up on a wall, you know, on the other side of the walking yeah, trail. Yeah, it's water. not in a place that makes sense at all to the okay. project. And I just want to know who who was the actual artist that did it and show yourself and and be ashamed exactly let's move on to another voice memo let's uh, catch up with uh, some listeners who wanted to uh, give some opinions and feedback on stories we covered uh, in the recent past uh w- one of the stories that generated a lot of speculation and interest is the hidden camera that was found inside the airbnb in the vancouver area A listener named Kat has a theory about uh, who may be responsible. And it's a theory I haven't considered. And I think Kat may be on to something. Okay. Hey, Jordan. This is Kat. Just finished listening to your show with you and handsome Aaron. I love your show. You two are so funny together. Really. Um, I was wondering about the spy cam and the B&B perhaps it might be a cleaner you know they go in after every client and clean those places so you never know just wondering oh and a suggestion for you know another episode or a show fear thy neighbor wouldn't that be interesting okay thanks keep up the good shows bye That's an interesting point. We talked about someone like renting the Airbnb, installing the camera, and then renting it again several months later to extract the the videos of people using the showers and bathrooms. We had talked about whether or not it's the owner of the Airbnb who could be doing it, but Mm -hmm. I never thought about many owners will hire a cleaner to come in after every guest to turn over the place for the next guest. And, you know, and then on top of that, I'm sure there's com- there's cleaners who do multiple Airbnbs, so they could probably buy 10 of these spy cam packs on Amazon and they could have hours and hours of people showering and using the bathroom. And then drying off afterwards. Oh, I guess that would be the sexier part if you were into that. Well, I, well, I don't know about sexier, but definitely more revealing. But the shapes, like my body goes into different contortions when I'm drying off because I'm I'm trying to reach every area. I wouldn't mm. say it's exactly angelic or sexy or anything anybody wants to see. Mm. Um, in fact, it could even be argued as a punishment to anybody who did install secret cameras in any Airbnb bathroom that I'm renting. <laughs> it's like I had to sit there and watch him dry himself for 45 minutes. Like <laughs> he dries longer than he showers. <laughs> and the positions he gets into is no no human being should get into those positions. 
Let's hear a theory that a listener named ND has about the mass scratching of vehicles in Port Coquitlam, BC, that we talked about last week. Hey, Jordan and Aaron. Uh, thanks for keeping her weird, boys. But uh, <laughs> listen, I got a theory on this lady who's keying all the cars. Yeah. Clearly, she's a drug addict. And uh, it just so happens her drug dealer is a, a body shop guy in town. And, uh, you know, he does all the body work for these, um, these car dealerships. So she can't pay her bill. So the only way she can, uh, you know, pay him back is by keying all these cars and getting them thousands of dollars of work. And, uh, you know, that's obviously what's going on there. Anyway, till next time, uh, Keep fit and stay weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think I think they have a great... the whole delivery of his voicemail sounded like he was like we were interrupting him while he was doing paperwork. He was eating as he was moving. <laughs> like I was, I just pictured him at a desk and he's like, he's he's doing this really complicated paperwork for his job and he's like, ah, oh, hey boys, listen, yes, I do have a theory. Um, <laughs> Ah, one second. Anyway, yeah, uh, it's the D. She's a, it's her dealer. <laughs> I think that theory could hold some weight. I don't know about the angle of like you know what the reason for the debt is, whether it's a drug addict, drug dealer, or whatnot. It could simply be someone who's doing a favor for their family member, friend, or loved one who owns a body shop. But I dare say, with you know five hundred thousand dollars of damage to vehicles on that lot some body shop is going to benefit financially big time by this so that that is someone i would look at yeah yeah I, it's it's an interesting uh theory i think it's got some weight to it um yeah i mean there's there's not enough there that you could say case closed but i think it's definitely worth looking into we'll have to investigate that further we'll have to actually yeah put boots on the ground and go to every single uh, auto body dealer in the entire just, wherever this was. Just point some fingers at them and see what happens. See who breaks under pressure. Or just ask questions. Just ask questions. All right. Let's mm -hmm. move on to the next story. Uh, I don't know if we should have a trigger warning because I do find it a little gross, but it is absolutely fascinating. This is the story of a man named Jurgen Manhart who encountered a dead deer on the side of the road in a rural area outside of Toronto. As he's driving by the dead deer, he notices movement kind of from coming from under it, maybe within it. And what happens next is simply shocking. Listen to this. Well, finally for us tonight, a story of survival. A pregnant deer and its baby found dead on the side of the road in southwestern Ontario. Yeah, but in a twist of fate, a driver noticed some movement near the mother and jumped right into action. CTV's Spencer Turcott explains what happened next. It's a drive Jurgen Manhart takes often, but this time took an unexpected turn. So I knew something got hit and, and I thought it was something big. His trek from Millbank to Kincardine suddenly stopped. In the ditch, a mother and baby deer, dead. As I drove by, I looked over and I seen some movement. What happened next, Jurgen couldn't believe. The mother deer laid there, lifeless. Then, a sign of life. She was pregnant. And a little head was poking out of the, the rest of it in a hole in the sack. 
And it was trying to get out and trying to get out, and it just couldn't get free. Without thinking, Jurgen ripped open the amniotic sac the baby deer was still in. So I pulled it free, and I checked its legs. Nothing was broken. It seemed to be fine. He loaded the little fawn into his truck, wrapping her tightly in his fleece jacket to keep her warm and make sure she didn't move. He carried on to Concordant, calling around to see where he could bring the tiny deer, all while dealing with the emotion. And I mean, at the roadside, I, I was fighting tears because of the mother and the other baby. That really hit me hard. He got a hold of a wildlife rehab center, telling him they could pick the fawn up that day at the Guelph Humane Society. So, back in the car he went, driving two hours the opposite way. When the animal comes in, we normally will write the species. And Jordan Moorhead is the wildlife care attendant who was on shift at the time. I was uh, worried, of course, because of the trauma that the, the mom and the other baby had sustained. I was, uh, I was kind of concerned about the state that the fawn was going to be in. But to her surprise, the fawn was faring well, especially with the odds stacked against her. But that's the first time I've ever heard of something like this happening. The fawn was later picked up and taken to a wildlife refuge. That's where she'll stay for the next several months until she's ready to be safely released. As for Jurgen, he's hoping his drives are less adventurous, but will always have a fond memory of his encounter with the lucky fawn. You know, I like to consider myself a good person who strives to do the right thing, but I don't know if I could do what that man did. I can't imagine no. birthing a deer on the side of the road. I was thinking about that when I was first watching this news clip. And I was like, what would I have done? You know, it was one of those situations like, yeah, I don't know if I would have pulled over. I, I don't think I would have touched it. Even if I did see the movement, I'd be like, oh, that's probably something like eating it or something. I'm not going over there. I also, yeah, if, I'm if I'm, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's just it's when you're in the moment and it's happening, like maybe there's a clarity that comes over you and hmm. you just jump into action and you do what needs to be done. I think uh, when it comes to like dead animals on the side of the road, though, I'm such a softy, especially with a deer. Like I, if, if I see a dead deer on the side of the road, there's no way I'm even looking over there. I look away. I don't want to see that. It breaks my heart. Deer are so like, there's beautiful creatures. And maybe I'm scarred from the movie Bandy, Bambi when I was a kid, but seeing a dead deer and its kid on the side of the road. Oh man. And then to like take a good look and get out and investigate. This guy has a thick skin. I'm glad he did, though, to save the baby deer. That's pretty amazing. Oh, he's a hero. It's not often I throw that term around. I think the only two times I have thrown it around is when someone saved an animal in like a really uh, kind of desperate situation like this. I think the other time that I said hero was when the guy saved his dog from the well. Oh, yeah. The dog fell down in a well. And I was like, yeah, this guy's a hero. I don't say it often. It's only when you save an animal, which I would like to highlight to the animals that are listening, going to be rebelling against us uh, to keep in mind that I'm supporting you every step of the way. That's actually the perfect segue to the next story we're going to get into. Uh, every so often, stones seem to be thrown in the animal uprising, which for people new to keep Canada weird, Aaron and I have been following a trend of increasingly severe and increasingly frequent attacks by animals against humans across Canada. Uh, the latest stone seemed to have been thrown in 
Greater Madawaska, Ontario. It happened on May 17th. A homeowner named Adam Gupta says, says a raging river of water suddenly appeared and caused tremendous damage. How could that relate to the animal uprising? Listen to this. I have a major, major emergency happening right now. Adam Gupta's home has been ruined by this flash flood. By the time I got back upstairs, there was like a deluge coming across the street. The whole street was covered in water. Cars couldn't get by. On May 17th, the Greater Madawaska resident found his home surrounded by water after a beaver dam kilometers away burst. As I would assume that between here and five kilometers from there, there would be more adequate water management. And neighbors say this isn't the first time it's happened. No, this is about the third time, yeah. So the third, third time. time, yeah, and then the water was coming over the uh, the side over here from the beaver dam way back on the crown land. Nearly half a meter of water filled Gupta's basement, causing upwards of $100,000 in damage. I know I don't have flood insurance from the river, but I have extended water coverage, which this should have applied to, which came from above ground, not the water table. The township of Greater Madawaska tells CTV News that it is working to determine whether the land where the beaver dam broke is crown land or whether it belongs to the township or Renfrew County. Well, the county is telling me that uh, if it's on private land, it's their problem. If it's on crown land, then there's no liability. With no insurance coverage and no accountability, Gupta feels hung out to dry. Well, this is part of the infrastructure here. Um, if it's water management, then uh, if there's a big backup like that, that's a danger to you know the community. And apparently there's a much larger dam that could cause a lot more damage. I've seen a few stories like this over the years of beavers building huge dams sometimes that last for like decades and there's these almost temporary like lakes and large bodies of waters that form and then whether it's just uh, you know time that causes the dam to break or maybe someone removes it for some reason and releases all of that water uh, you know that's a that's a tremendous amount of water that can flow but i the i Given the context of our discussions and what we know about what animals are doing here in Canada, I never thought that the beavers are almost like the animals, like military engineers, build dams, gather yeah. water and release it and weaponize it. Well, every animal is going to use its own particular evolutionary skill to, to attack humans or disrupt our society. You know, as as right now, these are test runs that we've talked about. These are just the animals dipping their toes in this in this idea, trying out different things that work, what doesn't work until the full scale invasion happens and they completely take back the land from us. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this is what the beavers are doing. They've done it a few times. It seems to be very effective for them. It's obviously an important cog in the wheel of the plan of the uprising. Right. So. Um, it's interesting, but also beavers, I think they enjoy this because I think we we give beavers a hard time. The way that Apple Podcasts has us listed as comedy, that's how the beavers feel. They're like, we're not comedy. You know, people people make us comedic characters and cartoons all the time. Uh, people make fun of our teeth all the time. They think we look silly. They don't take us seriously as a threat. 
Mm-hmm. And this is the kind of threat we can be. Like, we'll cause a hundred thousand dollars worth of damage to your home, to that one house. But it's a flood. To that one house, yeah, yeah and, absolutely. And it, and it only takes like two or three beavers to do that. So if yeah, if the beavers across Canada got together and they said, you know, now is the time to go, yeah, that's a bit. That's a big problem. Uh, but what what you said with the different animals using their unique skills and weaponizing those skills as a way to attack the humans. Yeah, last week we talked about a bear using its mass and its dark color as a way to get in front of a cyclist and just you know mm-hmm. be a wall. But yeah, we to use its size to to its advantage, obviously, its strength. It's we've covered stories of birds flying from above and attacking humans on, who are un, unexpectedly just walking down you know a nature path mm-hmm. or preserve. Yeah, there's um. I, I, it surprises me that the rest of Canada doesn't see what the Keep Canada Weird uh, resistance sees. Yeah, no, it's happening. It's like this this damn thing has happened three times in this area. That's not just coincidence. This is strategic. This is planned, premeditated. It's the it's beavers real. are tired. You know, they're tired of of. Of being thought as uh, as as lesser. We have two listener feedback, comments, opinions that relate to the animal uprising, and now's the time to play them. Uh, first is a listener named Nicole who's commenting on the cyclist striking the bear. Hello, guys. My name is Nicole. I'm from Ontario. I'm also from Nova Scotia. And uh, love your podcast, been listening for a super long time. My comment is for the um, Keep Canada Weird May 25th episode, where you were talking about that guy who in BC rode his bike into a bear. You guys forgot to mention (laughs) the number one most appalling part of the whole um, article was that the guy was injured, probably smashed up his bike. The bear came back and he's like, let me borrow your e-bike. I got to go. I got to get out of here. And he left that guy alone with no way of getting out of there <laughs> with the bear. Anyway, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Um, the minute I heard that, I was just freaked right out and thought, oh, my God, that guy, whatever happened to him? Did he get eaten by the bear? What happened? Anyway, just thought I'd let you know. And Aaron, don't worry about being salty. Most of us, I'm sure, who are listening to these episodes love your perspective and who you are. Keep it going, guys. Love it. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, I think when we had that discussion last week, I intentionally didn't get too into the man who was left behind because I, I like to keep these discussions a little light and i think it's pretty obvious that man was eaten alive uh brutally eaten not just not just consumed devoured mm-hmm. would you yeah, say th- i assume i assume because he was able-bodied he was able to climb a trees like you take my e-scooter and most of all i don't just protect the e-scooter don't so much <laughs> worry about protecting yourself make sure my e-scooter makes it back to town safely. I'm going to I'm able bodied. I'm going to go climb a tree. They have to they have to get a better word than like an e-bike and an e-scooter. That just sounds ridiculous. That's like the pocket protector of transportation. Like I'm driving my e-bike and I may stop and have some of my e-cigarette. Like it just sounds so stupid. Yeah. Everything about me is e. Yeah, my e-reader and I on my e-bike. 
Yeah. So lame. Well, it's a pretty solid letter in the alphabet. It greets you, you know, A, B, C, D, E. <laughs> Another commenter about the animal uprising. Yeah, this is Pep from Cambria, California. Just following up on what Sage was talking about in regards to dumb turkeys over here. She's not lying. Something's going on with them turkeys over here. I'm driving my car up the hill towards my house, and a turkey gets in the middle of the road, starts staring me down with a mad dog stare. It's just looking at me, so I stop, and I look at him, and he looks at me, and I say, Hey, you looking at me? And then he says, Yeah. What are you going to do about it? I look in my rearview mirror and there's a bunch of turkeys, like 30, 35. They're just chasing me up the road. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, everything she said, it's all true. It's all happening. There's something going on with the turkeys over here. Do you think he's joking or did this actually play out exactly as he's describing it? Uh, I think it played out even worse than how he described it. You think he's watering it down I think there was at least a hundred turkeys because he's scared. And he's like, this, this really happened to me. And, and, and he trusted us to call and, 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 and get this off his chest to us. You know, mm -hmm. that's a real big responsibility that we have to take on. We have to listen. We have to understand, show sympathy and, 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 and not kind of cast him away to say, we don't believe you. Because it's happening here. We see it every week. We talk about it. Mm -hmm. so I maybe... believe you. And I believe there are probably even more turkeys than you're even saying that there was. And I don't believe you're a turkey. For the last story of the night, Aaron, we have a good one. Uh, and I think I want this to become a regular kind of part of the show. Maybe like a regular um, segment or something. Because... In going through the Canadian stories to try to find what we're going to talk about and what we're going to highlight to further our efforts to keep Canada weird, I've, every so often I notice I, I come across a story where I'm like, huh, must have been a slow news day there. But I don't think I've ever seen as slow a news day as evidenced by this story I found in London, Ontario. Do you know what I mean by like a slow news day story? Oh, of course, where it's like we've got nothing else to talk about, so yes. we're going to cover this. There's a bake sale. You yeah, know our, our local newspaper is only slow news day stories. Uh, the front page is always girl eats ice cream on hot day. <laughs> it's true. Uh, well, it, it's hot today, so certainly that's going to be Monday morning. Oh, like tomorrow morning's seems... Cape Breton Post is just going to be filled with ice cream stories. <laughs> uh, I pulled my son in uh, for this one. Say hi, buddy. Uh, I want to share this article with him as well. But again, this is a, a story that uh, epitomizes kind of the slow news day coverage. This is London, Ontario. Carol Ann witnessed the bus shelter across from her home get vandalized yesterday. And she says this isn't the first time it's happened. It made my daughter and I both look over and I was just like, oh, it's a bunch of kids just, you know, messing around or whatever. But then when I got up on my porch and turned around, I could see that the one kid was trying to break the glass. Video surveillance shows a group hanging around the bus stop at Highbury and Bridges. Within minutes, one of them shatters the glass. But I would never expect young kid out here doing this in broad daylight. And after it happened, I kind of said, hey, what are you doing? And they had no respect 
for me. They were yelling profanity at me. <laughs> it made me feel really scared. I, I was really worried because I didn't want them to do anything to like us. Concerns over shattered bus shelters are not only impacting neighbors, but also commuters who have to take the transit regularly. You know, it's a lot of people rely on these bus stops and weather and a lot of, you know, handicap. And so it's, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. And then the money they have to put out to replace these all the time. If it gets to the point, like if it keeps happening, they're going to pull the bus stops, like then where everybody will be. The general manager for the London Transit Commission says ongoing vandalism has been extremely frustrating and they're asking anyone who witnessed this or have any information to report it to the police. Behavior is unacceptable in 2023. We need respect for everybody and we re need respect for city property. Okay, <laughs> where do we start with that one? <laughs> I was wondering when you sent me the stories the other day and then i was clicking through them earlier today and i'm like why are we covering this story <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part is she she uh like called to them after they broke the shelter <laughs> and they were disrespectful <laughs> yelled from yeah. at her. it's like of course they did if you see some kids like vandalize a bus shelter which happens all over canada in every little city, every bus shelter, there's spray paint or broken glass. You you confront those people as they're doing it. Of course, they're going to yell a profanity. Oh, at you. that's what they're that's what they're looking for when they're doing it. They want someone to be like, "Hey, you, get off my bus stop." And um, I also like the lady. They they talked to someone. Uh, I don't know. If she was just like a community member or whatnot. But her fear is that. If this kind of behavior with kids vandalizing bus shelters go unchecked, they're going to pull all the bus shelters. Yeah, that's exactly what they're going to do. Oh, <laughs> all the buses. Well, if, you know, no one can have a bus now. Yeah. Uh, so my son is here. He's not quite a teenager yet, so he may not be as well versed in what teenagers do. Are, are you surprised to see kids doing this sort of thing? No. Why not? How many bus stops? If you checked how many bus stops were currently broken in Canada, it would be crazy. Yeah, Stop uh, breaking mm, the bus stops. Uncountable. Kids have been breaking those bus stops since I was a kid. Uh, Madeline Klein in the chat says, was she expecting an apology? <laughs> I don't want the bus stops to but how did this get on the news? Like, it had to just be a really slow news day. It had to have been. But I, I want to know, though, like, when you so she said something to them right she's like hey don't smash that or whatever but like i wouldn't have said anything i would have let them go about their business because like do you have the same kind of fear of of groups of teenagers that i do oh my god yeah the, i would i if i was walking by or something i probably would have just crossed the street because you know who scares me is not like these hardened criminals it's like a teenager who has absolutely nothing to you to lose and has no like fear no of no concept of consequences or yeah. anything yeah to, yeah to stand on your front doorstep and yell at the kids as they're doing this i guarantee her host has been egged since this article <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well th that's going to be covered in the news on halloween the night the day after halloween and be like local cranky lady gets her gets her house egged on halloween <laughs> as a kid i know hmm. uh three words kids are dumb 
Well that is said. Three. So you're a smart kid because you <laughs> counted the three pretty good there. <laughs> uh, but I love a slow news day story. Uh, I'm going to. Yeah, try, it is pretty good. But, I'm going to try to hmm. seek out more. But we've yeah. all, we've, all, we've also said we want to end the show as often as possible with a dumb Canadian criminal. That's kind of a Canadian crime, I guess. Yeah, I'm sure yeah it's I guess. Yeah, Vandalism. Well, it's yeah, it's it's a crime. I don't know if I'd put it in the dumb crime category because it's it's just kids being bored and looking to destroy something. Mm -hmm. You've done it. I've done it. I've never done that, but I definitely like wrote yeah. my name in there and that sort of thing. And it's you know not a big stretch. Yeah, I I wrote my name in wet cement. Oh, I've done on the that. sidewalk. Yeah. Here's the dumb Canadian crime story for tonight. Uh, this one will cover a few boxes on the Keep Canada Weird agenda because it's a dumb Canadian crime, but it also takes place at a Tim Hortons. Toronto police are searching for a suspect who allegedly threw hot coffee at a Tim Hortons server through the drive through window. The incident happened in the early morning on May 18th at around 4.45 at the Tim Hortons at Shepherd Avenue East and Yorkdale Boulevard. Police say the suspect had walked up to the drive through window and asked for a coffee before an argument ensued since he was not in a vehicle. The Tim Hortons employee did not want to escalate the situation, thus allowed the suspect to buy the coffee through the, through the vehicle, through the window. When the victim gave the suspect the hot coffee, he immediately threw it in the face of the victim, causing severe burns to her, to her arm and back, which required medical attention. The suspect ran away before police arrived and investigators are looking to identify them. Police describe the, the male suspect as five foot eight, between 30 and 35 years old, a thin build, medium long curly hair to the neck, was wearing white clothes and a black jacket at the time. And, and he is now wanted in connection with an aggravated assault and assault with a weapon. Oh, I would definitely call Tim Horton's coffee a weapon. That's a good a weapon a, of mass destruction. Yeah, a weapon of mass disappointment. It's just a weapon. It's just every kind of weapon is a Tim Hortons coffee. So this story is the, the actual restaurant, I think, was closed. Just the drive-thru was open. The man went up to the drive-thru. They wouldn't serve him. Then uh, he, I guess there was an argument. They're like, give the baby their bottle. They pass him his, hot, his coffee. And then despite arguing to get it, he throws it back in the window at the poor server. I hope well, they get this guy. Yeah, I mean, it's what what is the is is there a specific issue with walking through a drive-through? I think it must be a liability thing because it's yeah. like it's designed for cars to pass through. Maybe, you know, they they don't want someone to get hurt or something. I don't know. I don't get the big deal. Yeah. Well, the thing that sucks is that you know, if you're leaving the bar, you know, it's it's the early morning hours as it was stated in this story. And you're starving. The only thing open is a Tim Hortons, but it's only drive through. What are you going to do? Yeah. I don't really see the big deal of, of with like serving them. They should have a walk up window as well. Maybe they should. Yeah. They should have one window that's dedicated to walk ups, uh, but maybe guess, they don't want to deal with walk ups because yeah, maybe having yeah, it is like, there's, we'll hmm. serve you and we'll deal with you in the middle of the night, but you need to at least be like, have your stuff together enough that you can be in a car. Yeah. See, I've gotten, I've called taxis to go and get uh drive through. So like I would get in the taxi and go and go through the drive through and then come back. 
if you know not having a car but being hungry and drive through is the only option i've never wanted a coffee that bad not a coffee fast food okay yeah i can see that i could see that i well so you're saying you get in a cab just to get driven through the drive-thru yeah yeah wow did you buy the cabbie anything seems like kind of rude not to and that's that's not rude it's his job (laughs) i guess you're right Uh, he's the one getting paid i'm not getting paid i'm paying speaking of people's jobs people getting paid people paying uh one last listener uh voice memo of the evening this is giving even more or adding even more to the discourse that surrounds ava james who is the uh teacher's assistant in british columbia who moonlights as an only fans raunchy content creator hi guys this is summer from calgary i'm a brand new listener I don't get the joke yet about Aaron being attractive, so I'm not going to comment on it. But I did want to talk about the story you guys did about the teacher's aide in BC who might lose her job for being on OnlyFans. Now, I wouldn't even necessarily consider myself, air quotes, progressive, but I agree with both of you. I think it's ridiculous that this is even happening. It's okay for her colleagues or for whoever stumbled upon her account to be watching OnlyFans, but this woman who's just trying to provide for her family might be fired over it. It's ridiculous. I'm with you guys. Cheers. That's more support. Uh, More support. Yeah. uh, Well, Aaron, we've been at it for about an hour. We found quite a few interesting stories by um, combing through the last week in Canadian news and experiences i think we could start wrapping this up is there anything you want to say before we put a bow on this thing put a lighthouse uh, on this thing put a lighthouse on this yeah just because every like east coast thing is a lighthouse i just feel like that's like a something to say instead of a bow a lighthouse put a lighthouse on this um cove <laughs> well maybe to a mermaid a lighthouse is a bow yeah exactly yeah yeah i don't know where you're going with the lighthouse thing so i'm just trying to connect it in some way possible. i'm just thinking like of canadian things like our lighthouses aren't canadian but they're associated with canada like every drawing or painting certainly, of like certainly in atlantic canada yeah yeah that's right it's not a canadian thing i'm stupid it's yeah. like a nova i'm forgetting i'm in nova scotia you're as dumb as a mermaid <laughs> um let's wrap this up for listeners um that are new that are old to the show we have a standalone keep canada weird feed that's now available on all the podcast platform platforms where we will be adding additional content for you if you have any ideas of what you would like to hear or if you'd like to take part in any way let us know if you have any feedback on these stories that we discussed tonight want to comment on our appearances um, or say anything for that matter go to nighttimepodcast.com contact because we want to keep or we want to include the Keep Canada Weird community or Keep Canada Weird resistance, whatever we're going to call ourselves. We want to include all of them and all of us into the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and stories of scary groups of teenagers. Let's take those. That's a good idea. Uh, Madeline Klein and I do a series called Encounters with Creeps, where we talk about like people who've had encounters with you know, creepy people like catcalling uh, that's gone too far or a neighbor that's just creepy as all heck. Maybe what we could have here on Keep Canada Weird is people could share us with us stories 
of teenagers that were unruly or maybe were misbehaving. Yeah, groups of teenagers. Not just individuals. Yeah, we're not just individuals. No, that's too broad. We want groups of teenagers <laughs> you've encountered <laughs> who are unruly. Who are unruly. Like nothing violent. In some way. Just yeah. 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 Keep it keep it cool, but like, yeah, where you felt threatened in a pathetic way. <laughs> Aaron, until next time. Jordan, until next time. Um uh, if you see a dead animal, take a closer look. No, that's <laughs> gross. Uh, Jordan, until next time. Under the sea. I want to thank you for helping Aaron and I fulfill our mission to keep Canada weird. But let us call out to you for even greater support. If something weird happens in your neck of the woods, make sure you let us know. We'd love to hear about it and include it in an upcoming episode. As well, if you have any comments to give about any of the stories we've covered or anything we've talked about, we want to hear from you. The best way to contact us is by voice memo at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. Now, I'm going to start wrapping things up here, but before I do, let me end with some thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A big shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicole, who provides the series intro and outro voiceovers. And lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you to every one of you listening to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. Now on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Jillian, KK, and Anne, thank you for going premium. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show but isn't currently subscribed to the premium feed, you can help out in a variety of ways. First of all, of course, there's the premium feed, a subscription to which costs only a couple dollars a month and both funds the creation of the show while giving you the episodes two days early, giving them to you ad-free, and giving you access to a full back catalog of nighttime episodes. If that sounds good, you can go premium at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And if you don't want to do that, you can still help the show by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting some like-minded friends know what we're doing here. And again, as I mentioned at the beginning of this, if you have any story ideas or want to give feedback on this show, send us a voice memo through nighttimepodcast.com. We hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let us know if you see anything weird. Keep Canada Weird is written, hosted, and produced by the Nighttime Podcast. 